1: New afternoon, dry with Goodman and Mason here on Friday, December the 17th, the Friday before an altered week 15 of the NFL season. I'm Andrew Mason. You don't hear Eric Goodman. He is in the parlance of the late great Irv Brown on assignment. So filling in from Fox 31 from Channel 2 here in town, Aaron Anderson. You've probably you've probably seen him on multiple channels at this point. I
2: have. I'm running out of channels to work for. This is a three and counting.
1: This is very WKRP ish, right? It is. Town to town, up and down the dial?
2: Have have game, will travel. But uh, if you know me, you know that I like to talk about sports. And so if somebody will have me in front of the mic or in front of the camera. I'm oftentimes I'm gonna give it the thumbs up.
1: Well a little bit of both here. We have our little cameras here, of course, for the stream on milehighsports.com and uh, and through the app as well. And of course if you're listening you might be listening on the radio, Mile High Sports 981 FM 107.5 HD3 FM. If you want to join the conversation, the go fast energy drink, hotline, text line, 303-831-1340. Also we're on Twitter, the Rocky Mountain Forest Prox Twitter feed. I'm at Mace Denver. Aaron, what is your Twitter handle?
2: Mine is at Aaron Anderson, but no one's ever going to be able to spell it correctly. Okay. So it's at A R R A N A N D E R S E N. My parents, I was cursed. They were cruel and unusual. So not only is the first name tough to spell, so is the last name.
1: There's got to be a story behind the first name spelling,
2: though. There is. Named after an island off the coast of Scotland.
1: Oh, okay. Yes. Nice.
2: It's where the McMaster Clan was from, my mom's side of the uh-huh. family. So yeah, they were very original. My brother's name is Sterling, so another
1: another very Scottish it, name. It
2: could have been worse, right? In fact, they even thought about naming him Leaf. So for <laughs> him, it could have been a lot worse. But uh, but here we are. So yeah, the Twitter handle is okay. @RNAnderson. at RNAnderson.
1: Anderson. At RN Anderson on Twitter. At Mace Denver. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. I was over at Broncos uh, earlier today when they were when they were having their opening moments of practice and when they were practicing the open to media portion of practice, it coincided with a moment where, at least for a little bit, felt very much like March eleventh of twenty twenty. With just the news was postponement, you know, postponement, cancellation, uh, t- seasons coming to a stop. And so just to kind of reset what's happened, it's been pretty quiet the last few hours, knock, knock on wood since all that went down. But to reset kind of what, ha- what we had today, start with the Colorado Avalanche. They played really shorthanded last night, mm-hmm. and they're going to put the season on pause until after Christmas.
2: Well, here's the good news, Mace. Landy? Gives him a chance to get healthy, maybe. Yes. But you know, I, I don't know that we're, we're feeling the, you know, the shock of the Rudy Gobert. Yeah. where where sports and life as we knew it was put on hold. Mm-hmm. But it certainly gives you reason for pause when you're looking at Twitter and it's like, okay, hockey games, college basketball games, now NFL mm-hmm. games have either been canceled, postponed, moved. We're starting to feel, uh, I think, a little uneasy where. I, I like you say we're knocking on wood all the time, going okay. Hey, we got a Broncos game on Sunday, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um. But but here we are again, where obviously we're still dealing with um a pandemic, and it's very much, you know, it's a fluid situation. situation yeah, as they we're, say. we're very fluid in things. We're just kind of waiting for this whole thing to kind of play its way way out, and and I guess time will tell how this all does uh, work itself out. I mean, the thing
1: that we're kind of facing right now is you've got obviously the Omicron variant and than the fact that not everybody has gotten their booster yet and so that's sort of like these these two things are kind of working together The i know the nfl is kind of scrambling for its players mm-hmm. to get boosters those that want them as soon, as soon as possible there are some teams that have organized you know kind of the, as they organize vaccination sessions for their players, they're doing the same thing with boosters. But you can But even then, it takes a little time to kick in, and it's there's only you can only go, but so fast on this.
2: Well, they, they've already changed the policy in terms right. of how quickly players can come back. Yes. You know, hindsight in life is twenty twenty, right? Yeah. And and as we look at the decision to go from sixteen to seventeen games, there's a part of me that wonders. You know what? Um, was this the time to do it?
1: Well, the money was there, of course, that, and, that, and that's what it all revolves right, it all around. Came we know that, but you know,
2: yeah. just for thinking men to sit sit back and say, "Okay, we we have a pandemic that we don't quite have a mm-hmm. handle on completely. We know this thing is going to mutate, and there's going to mm-hmm. be variants, and this, that, and the other. Right? Oh, let's just let's just throw another game into the mix and just throw <laughs> caution to the wind, right?
1: Yeah, and and now we're and now we're seeing kind of the effects of that. So the avalanche shut down till after christmas also shut down the nhl the florida panthers and the calgary flames probably good for but you mentioned uh you mentioned of course uh, landiscog but with the avalanche playing tampa bay tomorrow if they'd had to play that game shorthanded we saw them last night against the Predators, how tough it was. Mm -hmm. That was one they probably did not want to play shorthanded at all and would have been in a lot of trouble, so probably a break for the Avs there.
2: Yeah, I -hmm. I guess here we are trying to find positives in the fact that we're not going to have hockey for a couple days. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I I think that would be one where you could say, yeah, that's a game where we want to have all hands Mm -hmm. on deck. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the bright side is within the context of the NHL season, there's still going to be enough places within the framework Mm -hmm. of the months remaining where you can – make up games. Whereas in the NFL, I mean, we can slide games to Tuesday and Wednesday, but I mean, we, we know when the Super Bowl is going to be yeah. right. We, we know when those arenas are, are, are going to be reserved and hotels and people have already booked travel plans and all those mm-hmm. sorts of things. It's going to be a lot more, uh, it's going to be a, a better situation for the NHL to, yeah. to try to make uh, sense of this all than the NFL, uh, who I think we've been very fortunate that we have not seen a game, um, forfeited. And, you know, Mm -hmm. could we see that, Mace, if this gets worse?
1: We could see it if they determined that it was unvaccinated players who caused an outbreak, who were the spur of the outbreak. That's according to the NFL regulations. That was the whole thing. If it was an outbreak among vaccinated players, if you had a lot, or not really an outbreak, maybe that's a bad term, because Mm. when you positive test, some of these guys with positive tests aren't going to feel any symptoms because they're vaccinated. Right. So it's just that they, they, they're trying to curb the spread. So by the league bylaws that were agreed to by the NFL Players Association as well, if you have an outbreak among vaccinated players, an outbreak of positive tests, it can't be forfeited. They can move it around. And obviously, the league, by moving the Browns-Raiders game into two other games, their determination is this was not this was not something that fell afoul of, of the rules regarding unvaccinated players.
2: Yeah. And I think, look, by and large, in terms of the number of players, the percentage of players who are vaccinated versus not. I It's mean, north it's, of 90 percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is better than anything we see mm-hmm. across the world today. So, I mean, you're talking about people who are still susceptible to this new variant. And you're right. I mean, it's it's going to hit players who have done the right thing. And I I think it's, I think we're all curious and and hopeful uh, that this season, the integrity of this season uh, is maintained, but it certainly does throw a curveball at us as we get ready for the final four weeks, the final four games. And as we know here here in Denver, how important these games really are. More important than any
1: game in five years around here.
2: You're talking about a team that, you know, I mean, their playoff hopes rest with with every Mm. step as we move forward. So. Yeah, the news of today certainly gives us all pause and, and reason for concern. But I think there's a hope that we can you know still play football and, and do it safely.
1: Exactly. So also shut down the NHL in addition to the Avs, the Pant the Florida Panthers, Calgary Flames. You have Montreal playing in front of an empty building last night uh, at home. Mm -hmm. In Toronto and Ottawa, they're going to play at 50% capacity per per Ontario regulations. In the NFL, Raiders-Browns now is going to be Monday Monday afternoon Mountain Time. Seahawks-Rams, Washington against Philadelphia, those games are now Tuesday at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. And in college basketball, 16 Division I programs have paused their season due to COVID-19 positive tests. Colorado State, CSU Rams, number 23, were supposed to get on a plane to Fort Worth today Mm -hmm. to go play Tulsa. That game is off. And for them, it's really interesting because around the corner is maybe their biggest game not only of this season, but in many, many regular seasons when they play Alabama on Tuesday night. Of course, Alabama's already caught a... They had the the upset loss to Memphis earlier this week, but they've already got some big wins. Gonzaga, Houston in their back pocket. For CSU, that's the game where if they won, that could take their season to another level to where if they keep on winning, they could be in the conversation for a three, a two, or even a one seed, and now with CSU not getting on the plane, that opportunity could be in jeopardy for the Rams.
2: Well, you definitely feel for Nico Medved and, yeah. and his kids. I mean, this is the best season. Uh, CSU, one of the best starts we've ever seen out of mm-hmm. this program, and and to have it be put on hold in, in lieu of the circumstances, mm-hmm. it's tough. There's it no is. doubt about it. Um, Again, we're trying to find bright spots for for all these things, yeah. right? I mean, like okay. Maybe they can hang out in Fort Collins, get in the gym, and, and work on some things, right? But I, they I don't wanted
1: the, they want that Alabama game, and I think maybe of their course. mindset is thinking is you know, if, if at all possible, is there going to be a way to play that? I think they'll let the Tulsa game go. Oh, absolutely! But right now, the Alabama it hasn't hasn't been postponed, hasn't been canceled, but. That game means so much to CSU's chances of a really good, of really kind of legitimizing themselves on a national level. Of having a win that, in the net rankings, to determine mm-hmm. that go a long way toward determining seating, could be the game changer for them. Yeah. So that that's something to bear that bears monitoring over the next forty eight hours. Because with all respect to CSU's Mountain West slate. That Alabama game coming up on Tuesday, that's the biggest game they have this
2: year. Well, I mean, you look at the schedule and, and yeah. who they've beaten thus far. St. Mary's was a big win, but, I mean, you're talking about an SEC...
1: Mississippi State. Yeah, I mean,
2: uh, bottom line right. is, is But Alabama's this. top
1: 10. I mean, that's... The, yeah. This is a
2: program that... And we remembered the, the Larry Eustace years where I think they had 27 wins mm-hmm. one year and they didn't make the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you look at Ken Palm. Yep. You, you look at, you, you know, not only the rankings, but it, it's going to be strength of schedule. All these little... Um, you know, these, they're not intangibles, but all the, you know, that, that, whatever the they're stew is. They're actually very
1: tangible. Yeah. Because they're <laughs> what, all about data. <laughs> whatever the stew is that the
2: NCAA cooks together to evaluate who it is that who gets and who mm-hmm. doesn't get into the dance, it, it's going to be a huge loss. Yeah. And, and you and I were talking actually in the hallway before the show started about Rick Patino with Iona. Yeah. Who was actually soliciting games via social media because he knows how important. Uh, strength of schedule and, and even a loss to a, a big time school would mean for his gales when it comes to March and whether that team gets in and out so you look continuity is you know the other mm-hmm. thing that I worry about where you have a team that's undefeated that's playing great basketball that now has to take a step back right. and, and will, will that be an issue I mean how do you keep kids up in practice, How do you keep them excited when they don't know what the future holds? And obviously this is a game that's been circled on their, their calendar. This is going to be a great way to head into the, the, the Mountain West season, which I think, as you and I know, should be a cakewalk versus yeah. what they're going to see if they do have a chance to take on Alabama.
1: Well, yeah, and specifically for Iona and Rick Patino, they were playing Seton Hall tomorrow, supposed to play them in Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. It's not about the venue. It's about playing a Big East team. Yeah. They were looking at the same thing as CSU, so, I mean – for all we know, there might be a scramble to have Iowa play Alabama or Iowa play CSU. <laughs> I mean, we saw some some of these last minute matchups happen last year in college basketball. We might be looking at that sort of changing on the fly again this year.
2: Yeah, well, so. if you're a college basketball fan <laughs> and, and
1: you know, you and you cover you covered the ACC out in the in the Raleigh Durham market, I you did. know all about this. I so. do.
2: Duke just picked up a game with Elon. I yeah. can't remember who who was scrapped this Elon just this got beat by Carolina.
1: <laughs> but, yeah. you know,
2: here, and, and yeah. that was one of the funny things that I was thinking about here, this Duke program, where you have Coach K in his swan song season. Good grief, you can't cut games out of that schedule for all the people there in the yeah. Raleigh-Durham era. Mm-hmm. They want to get as much of Coach, Coach K as, as they can before he rides <laughs> off into the sunset.
1: Absolutely. We're going to get into the Broncos on the other side. Of course, they have the Raiders next week, and their game is delayed till Monday. But this Sunday... On the docket, the Bengals Broncos had some injury news today, and it wasn't good. We'll get into that. What it means for Sunday's matchup, why the players they may be without could be really missed against this particular Bengals team on the other side. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason. R and Anderson of Fox 31 and channel two in for Eric Goodman. I'm Andrew Mason, Mile High Sports Radio, MileHighSports.com.
0: Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew.
1: Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Watch us on milehighsports.com. Listen, of course, on Mile High Sports Radio in the Denver Market, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD, 3 FM over course. Worldwide on the Mile High Sports app. Eric Goodman on assignment. He's actually playing golf today down in Scottsdale.
2: Can he golf? Is he a decent stick?
1: He is very. He's very good. He invited I actually,
2: me out, and that's the reason yes. I ask. his Mace? I mean, you know how it is. If if you go out there with a guy who's really really good, mm-hmm. is that an enjoyable experience?
1: I I have never golfed with him. I just he's told me about his his. He's told me about his form, and I I trust him in terms Mm -hmm. of what he's telling me, and he plays very often. I I feel kind of as you do. I mean, I'm not a good golfer. I would be a little embarrassed to go out with somebody who was that proficient with my game because I would get up there, and sometimes, frankly, I would miss the ball on the tee.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, uh, we know it's going to be five hours. Yeah, uh, hopefully there's a a, a a cart gal out there with uh, some liquid courage. Um, but I mean, if, <laughs> if you're out there and it's balls are going left and right and everywhere, but you know down the mm-hmm. fairway, it it leads to a long day. So if yes. you're, if you're playing with somebody whose uh, you know level of expertise and yeah. uh, talent is certainly way above yours, you wonder how much fun it's going to be for you, and then you also wonder. Is this going to be fun for him? And why is he bringing me out here? Is he just going to beat me up the whole time?
1: I remember I got I was playing uh, down a course on a uh, Kiwa Island in South Carolina years ago. And it was myself and a friend. And then there was another. But they to kind of get everyone through, they put twosomes into a foursome, right? Mm-hmm. And so myself and my, fr- and my friend, we're kind of on the same level. We're not very good. And then the twosome comes over. It's a father and son. The son has got a college scholarship. Like he's a high school senior about to go play play golf somewhere in the SEC or something like mm-hmm. that, and I, I just, I mean, it was just in that regard, it was just embarrassing. I mean, I, I thought, oh man, this, this, these people aren't going to like the fact that it's gonna that it's gonna take me five shots to get on the green instead of two. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, man, yeah. Well, we wish him luck. I, I do, I do, I do wish him luck. He, he's having a lot of fun, and, and Scottsdale in December spectacular. Like yeah, Arizona. The, the... anything
2: in Arizona in in December, you know, January, yeah. February. I, I remember. I tell you, the first trip I took to Arizona, I was mm. a a freshman in college, and my mm-hmm. basketball career had kind of wound down at that point. It was a January of '91, mm-hmm. and a good friend of mine went to the U of A, and I remember walking around campus, and there were girls in bikinis laying out nice. on the mall. And my first thought was, "Where's admissions? I need to go here."
1: That's you know that's why they want to get all their all their potential athletes for visits for the for the men's teams in in January because you bring somebody in from like Chicago or something like that they come down. You to think Arizona, it's it's like, uh, where do I sign? Where and do that's I why sign? I
2: never understand why you look at Arizona's struggle in in football. Mm-hmm. And, and ASU's been up and down a little bit better, mm-hmm. but the facilities, the uh, the scenery, the weather.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How could you not draw better? How, how do you not get kids to go there when you have? You know that at your disposal. I don't get it.
1: I don't get it either. Except that uh, you have UCLA and USC offering a lot of the same things. At least in, in USC in football now offering Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Well, they're <laughs> they're going to clean up. It's not a question of if they already if, have. Yes, it's not a question of if F S C wins a national title. It's probably a win. It's when.
2: Well, the the, yeah. the the good news yeah. uh, with this is I think. Football, college football, west of the Mississippi mm-hmm. is going uh, to be it's going to be relevant, and that's a beautiful thing, especially here in the Pac-12, because uh, you know we haven't had relevance mm-hmm. outside of a couple flash in the pants from Oregon and Washington since SC won its last national championship.
1: College football needs to be national, not, and it's become way too regional with every with the power constraint in the SEC. So you're 100 percent right. Yeah. It needs to be relevant west of the Mississippi. You want to join the conversation? The Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at R. N. Anderson. A-R-R-A-N, Anderson, E-N, not mm. O-N. You got it, man. At, oh, thank you. Yeah, not bad. At Mace Denver. That's my handle. Time now for the buzz. <laughs> The
0: Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089.
1: I was over at Broncos practice at the uh, UCL Training Center, Dove Valley, whatever you want to call it, about uh, about four hours ago when it was open to the media, and the first look is always at who's not there. And that's the story for the Broncos today. Who wasn't out there? Draymond Jones with a foot injury, not practicing. Linebacker Kenny Young in the post-concussion protocol. He wasn't practicing. Both of them are doubtful for Sunday. So the Broncos lose Jones, who's basically been their best pass rusher this year, working from the interior. Mm -hmm. And Kenny Young, inside linebacker, has been important against the run. And Frank, even though the Broncos haven't been doing, been, been doing great against the run, now you're going to take out probably their best defensive lineman. They're, at current time, the best inside linebacker. And you're facing a Bengals team with Joe Mixon, who is one of the league's best running teams. So how much is this going to hurt the Broncos?
2: Well, you, you have to figure that you're going to see a heavy dose of Joe Mixon as it is. I mean, the Bengals are a rushing team. Uh, you know, heading into this game, Mesa, I my first thought was, and and I love uh, Joe Burrow as a guy who you look at Heisman Trophy winner had a great you know beginning of his rookie year before he got hurt right twenty five touchdown tosses already this year I believe and mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day you think geez I'm not sure I want to have the ball in his hands I thought the opposite and I thought you know that Vic Fangio being the defensive savvy um, head coach that he is might really try to take the ball out of out of um, Mixon's hands. Mm-hmm. And force Burrow to, to beat you with his arm. He's a quarterback who's who's prone to make mistakes, and we know that you know mm-hmm. the secondary is certainly one of the strengths of the Broncos. Um, the news today certainly you know I think is worrisome because you know I, I think up front they're going to have to set a tone, which is we're not going to let you run the football. We're going to make you beat us through the air.
1: Yeah, Joe Burrow. You know we had the running back split here in Denver with Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. Joe Burrow was very much a bell cow back. Two hundred forty-five carries. He's already over. Are you are talking it. Mixon, Mixon, Joe Mixon. Sorry, yes. Mixon. Burrow I was going Dad. to say Burrow runs the football yeah. too. No, Burrow. He. We got problems. C- he could run it better before the knee injury, mm-hmm. and you can see he hasn't quite got that back. He's had a couple of touchdown, short touchdown runs, but that's it. Joe Mixon, pardon me. Over a 1,000 yards already for this season, averaging 4.2 a carry. Also has another 28 receptions. So basically, I mean, this this is a guy who has the ball in his hands 20-plus times a game. And when he is effective, the Bengals are usually better. You always, when I look at teams, especially late in the season, I always look for kind of trends to say, okay, what kind of determines their success or failure? Well, you can't divorce the Bengals' success from Joe Burrow's success, especially this year, because he's averaged more than four yards a carry eight times, and they're 7-1 in those games. When he doesn't hit four yards a carry, this is an 0-5 team.
2: You know, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Broncos, in that if you have Teddy Bridgewater throwing the ball yes. excessively, Bad news. Yeah, the odds of the Broncos winning that game are slim. And, and you know, ultimately... We know that come Sunday, the Broncos are going to have to run the football to have any chance in this game. Mm-hmm. But, uh, gosh, defensively, definitely not the news you want on a Friday that mm-hmm. that uh, two of the, the key pieces of that defense, and certainly two guys who are going to have a big say as to whether or not Cincinnati's going to have some success on the ground are not going to be out there, or at least they're going to be dinged up. Yeah, I, I think there's definite cause for concern.
1: Yeah, of course, uh, on the defensive side, uh, with with Kenny Young and – Draymond Jones. Young's been effective. Draymond Jones, though, he has nine tackle for, tackles for loss this year. No one on the Bronco no one else on the Broncos currently has more than four. Von Miller had seven, then he was traded. Mm-hmm. Quarterback hits. Draymond Jones has ten of Broncos on the active roster. No one else has more than eight. He leads a team in sacks, which says a lot about him because there aren't many. Interior defensive linemen like Draymond Jones who lead the team, who lead their team in sacks. That's a little bit of a unicorn compared to fighting edge rushers who lead the team in sacks. But especially in the last few weeks, his work has made up for the fact that the production from the Broncos edge rushers, frankly, it's been disappointing, starting with Bradley Chubb, who still is looking for his first sack.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I, I think you could go back to even Von Miller before he was traded. We, mm-hmm. we just haven't seen the success that we did in years back um, from from the edge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at, at this point, I think you, you say to yourself, geez, I, I think we're going to get whatever we can out of those guys, which hasn't been much. But thank goodness there has been a push up the middle. Yeah. Because, you know, ultimately you can't give, especially uh, in, in this division, you can't give these quarterbacks all day to, to pick you apart because, as we've seen, they will. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think the fact that, that that Jones is is dinged up, I, I just I, I think it's a shame because I think he's been playing his best football of the season, and you know certainly in the stretch run when we know how how valuable each and every one of these games is going to be, and 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 how important those wins might be in terms of the overall playoff picture, you you got to have guys up front that can get to the quarterback, and and I think there's. You know, there's definitely a reason for Vic Fangio and that coaching staff to huddle up right now and, and say, "Okay, what are we going to do if, 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 worst case scenarios he's not going to be out there?"
1: Yeah, they'll probably play mctelvin Ajem a little bit more. He's young, inconsistent, but he's got a sack and a half in six games. But Draymond Jones, you mentioned he's playing the best ball, his best ball of the, of his career right now. The last six games, five and a half sacks, averaging nearly a sack a game on his own. Really, I mean, you, there was. Talk midway through October, he's having a disappointing season. All that's gone all that has gone away now. And uh long term you're looking at Draymond Jones being a part of your plan, but you're you're probably gonna find out just how big a part of your plan he's going to be on Sunday playing this game without him. This is this is I this is a dangerous loss. The Bengals are gonna play without Shadobia Wuzier. One of the, of course the former CU Buffett corner. Mm-hmm. They're gonna play this game without Riley Reef at right tackle, who's probably out for the season. He went on injured reserve this week. I think Draymond Jones is the biggest loss of these for either team.
2: Well, look, at this point in the season, uh, it really becomes a battle of attrition. Yeah. And no one's going to feel sorry for you because every team out there is dealing with injury. They're dealing with players who've been lost for the season. Injury and, and COVID. And, you know, oh, yeah, <laughs> no, you throw that whole <laughs> yes. wrinkle into the mix. and It's just hard to, it's hard to know what, <laughs> what shoe's going to drop next. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, this, like you say, Mace, I'm, I'm sure that was a somber mood, uh, mm-hmm. certainly from uh, Vic Fangio's. He's, yeah. you know, going through that depth chart. And going through the injury report, and in his head, he's thinking, "Oh man, this is exactly the news I, I was hoping we wouldn't get at this point of the year."
1: And by the way, speaking of the COVID list, we talk about the Broncos pass rush, Malik Reid's still on the COVID list. He missed last week's game. He mm-hmm. he is right behind Treymont Jones with five sacks. So you're ta- so you're taking the two sack leaders off the roster. Also, PJ Locke special teamer, Mike Boom, backup running back, they're still on the COVID list. So unless something changes. Broncos are going to have to play the game without those three. Malik Reed again. That's another, another defensive starter. Another log on the fire here.
2: What is it with Denver teams? I mean, I feel like we're talking about the Nuggets, right? I mean, it's like yeah. good grief. We've we've gotten so damaged by the injury bug and, mm-hmm. and just kind of a crazy set of circumstances. It, it it seems like you know collectively the sports scene in Denver has kind of gotten snake bit. It,
1: it has. And the amazing thing is for the Broncos, this is probably the best injury year they've had in some time. Last year it was even worse than this year, mm. and now and and this year it's been somewhat better. Actually, I saw a I saw a a, a a bar graph this week that in terms of games lost, the Broncos are actually, believe it or not, one of the healthier teams in football this year.
2: Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. knock on wood. If you're with me,
1: B- big knock. And we're gonna get more into Broncos Bengals on the other side. Who do we think is going to win a game that? Uh, Maybe it's, not, maybe it's as big as the Chiefs game a couple weeks ago, but still the biggest home game for the Broncos in quite a few years with plenty of potential playoff implications on the line. We're going to talk about who's going to win. Is it going to be the over or the under? We're going to take the Rocky Mountain Forest Prox Gambling Challenge on the other side and discuss our picks for Broncos, Bengals, Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason. Eric Goodman out today. Aaron Anderson of Fox 31 and Channel 2 sitting in. I'm Andrew Mason, Mile High Sports Radio, milehighsports.com.
0: Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. If you're down
1: to get down, Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Watch us on the MileHighSports.com or the Mile High Sports app. Listen on Mile High Sports Radio, 981 FM, 107.5 HD3. FM. You want to join the conversation? The Go Fast energy, energy Drink hotline text line three zero three eight three one thirteen forty, or hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Mace Denver and Aaron Anderson filling in for Eric Goodman. He is at Aaron Anderson, A R R A N Anderson with an E and an N on the end. Man, you've I'm got this down. I'm, I appreciate that. Hey, thank you. I actually, it's I actually knew it. I actually knew what your handle was, but I think I like to have you introduce yourself, and that's why, like at the start of the show. I asked, hey, what's your Twitter handle? Well, I, appreciate I knew it that. personally, but it feel I feel like you should introduce yourself because it's your first time here, right? First
2: time with your show,
3: yes, absolutely. I thought so. Okay. I've helped
2: out with Gil a little bit. Oh, of course. Uh, in the mornings, but yeah. uh, this is the the first drive time. So excited yeah. to be here, and yeah, thank you so much for getting the name right.
3: Oh,
1: my pleasure. It's a little bit different vibe with Gil, isn't it, compared to this? He's a character. You oh, know, that's the best way to describe Gil.
2: There are a, a million different ways the conversation can you can go, yeah. and uh, you know, if if you're listening at <laughs> home, uh, you know, you, you may think we're headed one way, and and oftentimes we're going in a completely different direction. Over the year I completely year. agree
1: with that by the way. What? I completely agree with Arne. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a weird Gill moment that stands out, Andrew? I have too many to count. <laughs> <laughs> you should like write a journal of these. Like there's going to be an auto an autobiography of just the weird Gill stories. Yeah.
2: Uh, you could definitely write a book.
1: Yeah, and I just think back of all the times that I've popped on a show over the years talking Broncos more than any other personality with whom I've gone on their shows regularly over the years. Gil asks the most out of left field questions. Yeah, yeah. Without question. you have to be prepared for everything right. <laughs> when you're on with him.
2: Well, he's kind of a renaissance man. That exactly. Right? I mean, look, he 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 has the, the you history want, in broadcasting. Yeah. He was a restaurateur.
1: You want great wine advice? I mean, he's got he's the best wine recommendations. Exactly. He, he's you know a him.
2: movie critic. Yeah. I mean, he's well read. I mean, he's yeah. He's a he's a guy who will keep you on your toes.
1: Renaissance man. That's a great way to put it. Time now for what's trending.
0: What's Trending is presented by Masterpiece Roofing. Find out how Masterpiece can get your insurance company to pay for your roof. Call 720-242-6404 or go to MasterpieceRoofing.com today.
1: All right, time now for the Rocky Mountain Forest Prox Gambling Challenge with our friends Ty Cal, Cade, and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. As always, in an NFL season, regular season, it's going to be the Broncos game Broncos go into Sunday favored by three over the Cincinnati Bengals. Aaron, who do you have?
2: I like the Broncos to cover. Okay. However – Good teams I,
1: win, great teams cover.
2: And it, Obviously, you're playing at home. You're facing a Bengals team that's lost a few games in a row. Uh, we know how important this game is, but I just I, – I really believe that this is a game that they're going to be able to control. Mm-hmm. And – I, you know, as always, you know, it's no secret that NFL games, the majority are going to come down to who controls the football, who doesn't turn the football over. I think the defense is going to force a couple of turnovers that are going to really hamstring the Bengals, and they're mm-hmm. going to win this thing.
1: And that's been a key for the Bengals is to avoid giveaways when Joe Burrow is picked off. And as talented as he is, he will put some jump balls up there, and that plays into the strength of uh, the Broncos on the secondary. I've got the Broncos covering as well. Not winning by a ton. This isn't going to be last w- like last week against Detroit, mm-hmm. but I think enough to where they're on the right side of the three-point spread.
2: When was the last time the Broncos were favored in a December game that mattered?
1: Well, I mean, because that's a good question.
2: I mean, it have to you have to go back to when number 18 was. was so last
1: week didn't matter, right?
2: No, we can't count. Can we count last week?
1: Yeah, probably not. I mean, if
2: this was like the like a European soccer league, the Lions would have been relegated like ten years ago.
1: And that was arguably the, that iteration of the Lions that had you know that had was wrecked by injuries and COVID. That was, frankly, the maybe the least talented NFL team I've ever seen mm. on on the field. That's a good question. I have to go back and take a look. Over under forty four and a half. High scoring game, low scoring game. What do you got?
2: Gosh, you know, the, the thing about Vegas and the guys who set these lines, mm-hmm. they're pretty damn good at what they do. Yes, they are. Um, my hunch is it's going to be a lower-scoring game, and, and mm-hmm. I would go with the under. 44-and-a-half. I, mm-hmm. I, I think this game could be in the, the mid-30s, to be honest with
1: you. Yeah, the oh, the under, not by much. I don't think this is going to be like 20-7 to 7 or something like that, but I've got a uh, I've got 21-17 final. Mm-hmm. That's the under. That's going to be 38 points. Guys... What do you think? Yeah, this the teens is the teens to around twenty. That's where it seems like this team, this game is going to end up. Bengals above average defending the run. Bengals offense probably going to be able to run the ball, but when Joe Burrow goes back to throw, yes, this is going to be a big challenge for the Broncos secondary. This is probably the best receiving core that the Broncos secondary has faced this year in terms of going three deep with Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins. T. Higgins is having a great season, but it's going under the radar because Jamar Chase is having a phenomenal out-of-this-world rookie season. But this is what you invested in the secondary for in the offseason, and you should have all hands on deck for this one.
2: Well, I mean, this is why you do all those extra you know, pull-ups and push-ups yep. and all that stuff in the summer. Yeah, you know, This is go time, and you're right. There's a lot of money tied up in that secondary, and it's go time. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to have your work cut out for you stopping uh, Mixon. But, but those receivers, I believe mm-hmm. this secondary can contain them. And, um, you know, i got to believe, based on what we've seen from uh, Mr. Vick, uh, he's capable of shutting down the young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Right? We saw one of them last night. He was given fits. So, right. you know, the bottom line here is, is, is I think this is a winnable game. And um, if we talk about the over-under and the, those sorts of things. Look, if mm-hmm. Pat Shermer is able to run the football – Uh, there's going to be sustained drives. And ultimately, that's going to help the Broncos control the game and and obviously keep the scoring down.
1: By the way, you asked a question earlier that I thought was interesting. You said the last time the Broncos were favored in a relevant game in December. And? Well, do you consider the game at Jacksonville in December of 2016 relevant? That was Paxton Lynch's second start. The Broncos won 20-10.
2: They were still, and correct me if I'm wrong, right. a long, long time ago. They were still in the mix. They at were point. at
1: they were at that moment seven and four going into that game. That came out eight and four. Mm-hmm. So that that was the last time. So you have to go back. You have to go back five years. And as of as of Sunday. Be five years and fifteen days.
2: You know, as frightening as you mentioned Paxton Lynch, I, I <laughs> it escaped my memory <laughs> that he ever really played in a game that did matter. Yeah, I, I just I think we when you utter that name, you just shake your head and go, "Oh boy."
1: And he had nothing to do with the Broncos winning that game. Paxton Lynch. I'm just looking at the stats right now. Twelve twenty-four for a hundred and four yards. Oh, goodness. Yeah, Broncos offense was terrible that day. Two hundred and six total yards for the offense. How the Broncos won? Three takeaways. That was there was a Blake Bortles special that Bradley Roby got in front of and took it to the house in the second half, and that pretty much ended the game for all intents and purposes. But yeah, that that the classic example of a game the Broncos won in spite of their offense and in spite of their quarterback. Leash's second start right there. <laughs> well, he, we've
2: we've gotten used to that scenario oh, all too often, Mace, which oh, is, man. you know, uh, hoping your defense can carry the day.
1: And then of course, Jacksonville like I mentioned Blake Bortles, he was a future Bronco quarterback in a manner of speaking. <laughs> future Bronco practice squ- squad quarterback if we had only known back then. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. By the way, I saw somebody at a Bronco game a few weeks ago wearing a Blake Bortles Broncos jersey.
2: I didn't even know they made those.
1: Well, you can custom make any active player. So somebody, while Blake Bortles was on the practice squad had last to be a year.
2: Family, had to be a family had, member.
1: Had to. so or, or a Central Florida alum. Right. Yes.
2: It'd be like somebody walking around with a, a Schofield jersey.
1: Exactly. <laughs> wow. Hey, he he started last night. He's a solid <laughs> player for the Chargers.
2: You know, isn't that ironic, though? Yeah. I mean, and, and boy, that, that young man. I mean, he was mm-hmm. more turnstile than... And, yes, You know, tackle. But it, I think it just goes to show you that within the context of good coaching mm-hmm. and maybe a change, change of scenery, guys are able to extend their careers and maybe reach, dare I say, some level of respectability.
1: An offensive lineman it just takes time sometimes as well. And to really kind of master the craft that maybe that second contract isn't is the point where you finally get it. And maybe that's something to think about with some of these young Bronco offensive linemen, like a Lloyd Cushenberry, for example. Yeah, Because he's had his ups and downs so far in the first couple of years, but uh, maybe you just kind of keep at it with him and see where he goes. I mean, that's the best option.
2: Well, I mean, you could say that about Garrett Bowles, yeah. who, who heard a lot look, of boos and look what during he's his become. first three years, and he got an extension and, and has certainly redeemed himself.
1: And he'll be one of the most important players on Sunday as well. We'll certainly touch on why in the second hour. Danny what did we miss? Time for just in case you missed
3: it. Well, during the second hour of the show here, the Nuggets back out on the East Coast will be tipping off in Atlanta. And also, NCAA football bowl season is here. A couple games today and some more over the weekend. We'll get a feeling for all of those after the break right here on Afternoon Drive with Anderson and Mason.
1: Oh, yeah. so now I know I found-
0: Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew.
1: Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason, Eric Goodman out today. He's enjoying uh, his golf down in Scottsdale. Arizona. and Anderson of Fox 31 and Channel 2 uh, filling in. Uh, what do you got going on? Uh, what, what's your latest report over at uh, Fox 31 right now? You're telling me you have some outdoor stuff that you're doing. I, I do. Well,
2: I've, I've actually, uh, I've been kind of the outdoors guy, mm-hmm. which has been fun. I always, you know, since moving to Colorado, I really got into fly fishing, loved to hike, I've done a, a 14er. I've done all these things, but now I have a chance to highlight, you know, men and women who are you know, tackling these things and, and hopefully inspiring our viewers to, to give it a shot. So most recent story, I did a, a piece um, yesterday with a gal who has a horse rescue foundation. Okay. And I, I don't know a lot about horses. You know, I've covered rodeos more than I'd like to remember. But this is a gal who takes horses who've been, you know, abused, abandoned, you know, some people just hand horses over and say, look, I just don't have the funds to take care of them. So she takes these things in and, and finds homes for them. So for me, that was really a kind of a cool story to see, you know, someone who's really taken an interest in these animals and making sure that they've got, you know, good lives ahead of them.
1: Cool. Time now for just in case you missed it.
2: The final word
0: presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it, presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville. Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com.
3: Just in case you missed it, the Nuggets taking on the Hawks in Atlanta tonight. 5.30 p.m. tip for that game. Both teams hovering right at 514 and 14. Jokic and Trey Young. Each lead their teams in points and assists, but the Joker also leads the Denver Nuggets in rebounds. Would you rather have a dominant rebounder or an elite facilitator on your team? Fortunately for the Nuggets, Nicole Jokic, very much both.
1: Exactly. I mean, I think if if we were talking about your typical rebounder who wasn't a facilitator, you'd rather have a facilitator. But the fact that Jokic is everything you'd rather have him, but given kind of one or the one or the other who are on equal ground, I'd take a facilitator.
2: Absolutely, I mean, you need a guy to, who's gonna set the table for everybody. Mm-hmm. You watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? Love it, yeah. Uh, Larry David had the episode a few weeks back where they had the dinner party and the wrong people were sitting in the middle. Yeah. You need someone to distribute the conversation and you get do. people involved in On a basketball mm-hmm. court, you know, Phil Jackson compared basketball to jazz, where you've mm-hmm. got people improvising. You've gotta have somebody who has the ability to get everybody else going. And, uh, man, you got somebody who who has that ball in their hand and Mm -hmm. can set people up for open shots and and find people cutting to the bucket. That's uh, worth its weight in gold.
1: Of course, even with that, the Hawks are only 14 and 14, certainly. uh, The Nuggets, we know why they've been 500. You can't really call them disappointment because of the injuries. But the Hawks, I think one of the more disappointing teams in the NBA so far this year.
2: Yeah, you know, I I really like Trey. Yeah. I, I think he's an exciting player. I don't know that he's a, a great facilitator of the basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like we, we know here in, in Denver, whenever the ball is in the Joker's hands, mm-hmm. you feel good about it. Yeah. You think something positive is going to happen, and oftentimes it does. Yeah, Trey
1: Young, by the way, again, he's good. Not as good a facilitator as Jokic. He's a 27-9 and uh, nine this, nine guy this year. Mm-hmm. So.
3: Just in case you missed it, NCAA football bowl season is upon us. We already had one bowl today and another one in action right now. Uh, The Bahamas Bowl earlier today, Middle Tennessee, beat Toledo 31-24. And the Tail Greeter Cure Bowl is happening right now with uh, Northern Illinois down 10-13. To Coastal Carolina, are there any uh, bulls that you've got your eye on for this weekend, or are you more looking forward to the ones that are happening a little closer to New Year's that have some of the bigger programs in action?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's this is definitely the to, p- to put it kindly, I'd say this is the these are the appetizers on the on the menu. I mean, Co- Coastal Carolina, uh, very interesting team. Last year, of course, and uh, was uh, flirting around the polls last year, and they're ten and two. Northern Illinois, Illinois is nine and four. This one going on right now is actually one of the better matchups. But uh, in general, you're going to get to a lot of six and six and seven and five teams uh, teams over the weekend. Right now, just kind of looking at these games, probably the most interesting matchup. Go ahead. I- I- this weekend is. The Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by Stifle. I think I got everything in there. Well, it, it, with least, Utah State playing Oregon State,
2: it, at least that bowl has a, a kind of a cool name. I mean, my problem with half of the bowls is, a, I, I don't know where any of these games. If if you just read me the bowls, yes, I couldn't even tell you where they're being played.
1: Except, I, th- like, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, you and I, look, when we <laughs> grew know. up, you had the Orange Bowl, right? We yes. had the Fiesta. We had bowls where it was like, okay, I, I know where this is going to be. The Ro- all these games. Now, I mean, it's Bahamas Bowl. Like, Well, really? you know where that is.
1: It's in the Bahamas. Yeah, but... Uh, no, if didn't... it's not in the name, you don't know, though. Like, do you know where the Quick Lane Bowl is? No idea. It's in Detroit. But here's the yeah. thing,
2: Mace. The Bahamas Bowl... Yes. Incredible, you know, it's paradise. It's this exquisite location. Yes. And who wouldn't want to be in the, the Bahamas right now watching football? No one. No yeah. one goes to these games. They don't mm-hmm. move the meter with anybody. And you know, you said it earlier. This, these kind of become background noise until we get to the you know the national semifinals.
1: And I admit I'm part of the problem because I had on as background noise when I was working today. By the way, you know where the Cheez-It bowl is?
2: One would guess it would have to be like in Wisconsin.
1: In right. Orlando, of but the, but the funny thing is, the Cheez It Bowl. They used to the Cheez It used to sponsor a bowl in Arizona. So you have two separate bowls that, at some point in their history, have been called the Cheez It Bowl. One was in Arizona. One was in Orlando. You know, but uh, they're not the same game. The, the That's only, how confusing this is!
2: The only way to spice up the the Cheez It Bowl would be to use a football that has like some sort of an orange residue. Yes. So the players who catch it, they'd have like an orange stain on their jersey, like when you eat Cheez Its and it's all over your mm-hmm. face and all over your fingers, and then it's pretty soon it's on your couch. Let, let's let's improvise. Let's make these games fun.
1: Okay, let's take it to another level then, because you have the Duke's mayonnaise bowl <laughs> in Charlotte between North Carolina and South Carolina. It sounds like a
2: healthy bowl game.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> let's slather the football in mayonnaise for this game. Yes. And hey, good luck catching it. Good luck throwing. Good luck doing anything. Because <laughs> every every snap, they just you know throw some mayonnaise on there. They put it back in play every time. I love it.
2: I, I think they put mayonnaise across the whole field and it's like a giant slip and slide. Yeah. It's like they're playing in snow. You know, these games really don't matter. Right. Nobody's really watching them. Let's have some fun. Maybe you reel in some more viewers that way.
1: Maybe the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, you cover the whole field in El Paso when Frosted Flakes.
2: <laughs> By the way, there is the Gasparilla Bowl.
1: Yeah, in Tampa, right? Good how did you know that? Because I'm I used to live in the Bay Area. The Gasparilla is a big thing down there. It's like it's a there's a Big parade, a mock pirate invasion. Called the called the Gasparilla. Okay. So that's what like that, but but Gasparilla means that name means nothing to anybody not from Tampa. It's it, true. Having been having lived there, that means something to me. It's a it's a big festival. It's a big fun time. At least in February they have the Gasparilla Bowl in December, and they have the Gasparilla Festival in fe- in February. Again, it, it all makes no sense. <sighs> I that it. that was just in case you missed it. Brought to you by Mountain High Appliance. Let's get back to kind of normalcy. Let's get back to Colorado, <laughs> right? And there are a few okay. things, few businesses, more Colorado than Mountain High Appliance. They've got locations up and down the Front Range. They're in Louisville. They're in Littleton. They're in this Colorado Springs, Glenwood Springs. They've got their warehouse in Denver, and of course they have their clearance center. In Denver, and of course, the thing they always say is you can try before you buy at Mountain High Appliance. There are supply chain issues all over the place. Mountain High Appliance will do a great job getting you the appliances you need despite the supply chain issues plaguing uh, business right now. So check it out, mountainhighappliance.com. Coming up on the other side, we're going to get more into what is a rare but huge game for the Broncos with the Cincinnati Bengals uh, coming in. They're both they're both 7-6. and six. They're both in potential playoff position, but you know what? There's something in their schedules that has proved to be a to create a difference between these two teams, and just how has the Broncos' schedule made their playoff possibilities a potential reality? I think there were a lot of peas there. Mm, we' we'll was. Into, good yeah, job yes thank you a lot of alliteration there we'll get into that on the other side afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason Arne Anderson and Anderson in fert Goodman mile high Sports radio milehighsports.com. everybody screams
0: everybody screams everybody screams that's my only thing yes